Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Jackson's first Tim McKernan show of the month of February 2024 live on YouTube slash TMASTL from the Longo Big Studios. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett back from a long weekend in Scottsdale. Four days, 20 guys, three bathrooms. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Good to be back, Tim. Welcome love, back to the show. I love being back on QFTA, keeping the streak alive. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time this weekend. I had a lovely time. Got to see a bunch of my friends. We haven't been all together, like, in the same place in many years. So to have that opportunity was awesome. Obviously, the accommodations when you have 20 guys on a bachelor party right. are not going to be optimal. But it's a small price to pay for, for fellowship and truly a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And just to get out of STL in the winter is nice. You know, even though I know the weather here was good. How was the ass? The ass. We only went out one night um, to, like, the bar scene, so I couldn't get really a good pickup, a good read, as much as I as uh, some other times people mm-hmm, have gone out mm-hmm. there. Um, of course, you know, uh, I mean, like, most of the guys there, you know, including myself, are in relationships, so it's not really like most of the all oh, most of the guys in your bedroom. Well, most of the guys on the bachelor party, like I would say, right. maybe only four or five but of them. Let me were tell single. you something, and you know this as well as I do, and you're not going to give anybody up, and I understand that, and that's the right thing to do. But there's at least one guy out of the twenty who is out there looking for some strange. Let's be honest about life. If I had to guess, that that would be, that number would be accurate. And you answered it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fine. Five percent yeah. minimum. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just but then if you're staying in a place with 20 guys, like, how are you going to get, you got to go back to her place, I guess. They, yeah. So one of my buddies who's single, this was, uh, uh, I was like, well, my guy, what sweet, you, sweet guy. No, sweet, sweet guy, long-term relationship. Um, this single buddy of mine, I was like, well, what's going to be your plan if, you know, you can, you get a chance to convert. And he was like, yeah, well, we're going to have to pray that she doesn't have a room or a home with 20 girls. Cause I'm going to hope she's local so that she has a place because I was like, yeah, you're not best of luck to you if you're going to bring her back here. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen there? Bunch of creeps. Yeah. That would be like the worst thing ever. Which night were you most intoxicated? Go Friday night. That's when we went out. We had bottles. Bottle service. Yeah. We're blessed to have bottle service. And did they come out with the the sparklers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to like uh, they have the big sign, you know, and they got the sparklers. Yeah. No doubt. Nah, not necessarily. Oh, I just realized I'm off camera. I got a slide. I can always adjust it. Uh, not all, like, 
Not uh, bottles and clubs aren't really my thing in the first place. Mm. But, uh, you know, I got after it. Sure. Why, why not? It's the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, we will, n- barring a miracle, the, the streak of the business days of QFTA for 2024 is coming to an end. And, and really abruptly tomorrow, uh, I have some uh, non-TMA, Tim McKernan Show, balloon party responsibilities that will take up my entire day um, revolving around Sound Story. Wednesday we'll be back, and then I am out of town uh, beginning Thursday, early in the morning. And so I'll be vacationing with my wife and some friends, and uh, so that we won't be doing QFTA internationally. No, I get that. But I'm excited that you're, uh, you're going on vacay. Thank you so much. Celebrating your lovely wife. I don't think, I guess we went to Las Vegas for like a couple nights last year. But the trips without your children... Uh, are so few and far between when they're this age, when we yeah. have somebody who just turned two right, and then a six-year-old. So and this that, is very rare to have yeah. this much time. Holy crap. And I imagine there's a lot of like, oh, it's great because like, you know, we're just us two again, you know, it's freedom, but also at the same time, like, man, I, I miss the kids. And oh, absolutely. Like, and then the thing, and she was saying this last night, um, like you're looking forward to it, but then you have this anxiety yeah. Yeah. that, and parents know exactly what I'm talking about, that you want to go, but then it's like, ah, you know, yeah. it's, 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 a, tough. it's a tough thing. Oh, I guess we did Jamaica too last year. I remember was, you kind of, yeah, same thing. Talking about that. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, with that all said, I got a, but before we opened up the, uh, the show, I said, Hey Jackson, we got, uh, we got a bunch of these emails in and, uh, one at 10 45, one at 10 17. So I had 11 emails when I was sitting, had a sales meeting, uh, with a new client while we were uh, in between 11 and 12, which is why we didn't start until noon. What are we going to go? All right. I mean, I got so many. Got all of them. January 31st and in, in recent. I don't even know. Like, give me a number and I'll scroll down. I don't know. I, You know what? I see this one. It's been lingering here and I haven't opened it, but it's called Deep Dive Topics. And it goes all the way back to January 10th. All right. And I'm kind of in the mood for one, and then I want to go. All right. That's that's the, that's where I am today. It's not that I don't want to do QFTA. I'm starving, to be honest with you. That's my real reason, and I have some things to do for the, the sound story thing that I have tomorrow. So with that all said, all right, I'm going to let you pick it, though, because it looks like he's given oh, number of a number of deep dive topics. Nice. Timmy. If you had all the resources, time, and land available to build whatever you want in St. Louis, what would you build to fix the problems to make the city better? There's one. Okay. How do you find purpose and fulfillment in your daily life? There's two. What's the most significant lesson you've learned from a challenging experience? That's three. How do you define integrity and why is it important to you? That's four. And then the final one. How do you handle regret? And do you have any regrets that have had a long-lasting impact on you? Wow, this is well done. That's Tiny Peepee. That's Tiny Peepee. He's live. He applies to be Listener of the Month. He's going to be live for Listener of the Year. Very much so. He's all over the place. We'll have a papal conclave this afternoon to decide January. Oh, that's right. Listener of the Month. Yeah, you'll be seeing that in your uh, text inbox God bless. Um, Boy, what questions are you gonna go? two I mean, and you, four you I, I, really interest me. Uh, all right. The questions two and four. How do you find purpose and fulfillment in your daily life? That's a great question. And then how do you define integrity and why is it important to you? I, I'm probably more intrigued by three and five. Interesting. Um, and I bet there's a lot of people in the audience who probably would really like one, which means Tiny Peepee did a great job. Really great that's what job. That, that's what that means. Yeah. 
Jackson, take your pick. Call it out. Any number will do. Let's Can't go, go wrong. Let's go with four. All right. Defining All right. integrity. How do you define integrity and why is it important to you? Yeah, this is just like a little fire starter. Now away we go. All right. You you wanted the question? Go with an answer. What do you got? The best way I so I define like integrity and character kind of in a similar Kind of, they're kind of similar. Okay, so what do they mean to you? I'm I'm anxious to hear your opinions on this. And then the audience, of course, in the YouTube chat, for those of you who are watching slash listening live, uh, can uh, participate as well. So what I was always described to me uh, through my years in sports, and I always liked this, and I think it's pretty good, is like your character, or in this case, integrity, is defined by what you do when no one is watching. I think that that is a wonderful, succinct answer that you can apply to so many things. And I like it, and I would agree with it. Yeah, what you do when nobody is watching, how you act, you know. Like, I see this all the time, and I'm not saying that, like, athletes are bad people or, you know, but and it's obviously great marketing for the teams. But oftentimes you'll see, like, athletes doing really charitable things, you know, but it's always on camera and always that. I'm not saying that they're doing it just for the camera. I'm not saying that. But, like, I remember, and I think this is why I have such a connection to Chris Long, who was a longtime St. Louis Ram for years, him and William Hayes would do this homeless awareness thing. Oh, yeah, that's thing. right. I remember that. And for a couple of years, they did it without any cameras coming or anyone doing anything, you know, around it. They just did it out of the goodness of their heart. And then a couple of years after they started doing it, I think either ESPN or someone uh, got video of it and did a whole story about it. But for years, they just did it out of the kindness of their heart and trying to really raise awareness. So, like, when people do stuff like that, when they act charitably or do things that aren't on camera and that people don't know about – I just always find that to be so much more impactful because that's like, you know, if you're doing it just out of the goodness of your heart, isn't that the true definition of integrity? And and charity. Yeah, To totally. me, I mean, that there's literally no return, so to speak. Right. I, real, I, I recall that. I was thinking of it, and I was, I was thinking of other words and other phrases, and I had heard that before, and I love that. Yeah, me too. And uh, it, it, it strikes me as, like, in particular – at times in like 2013 and 14 when we were operating 920 and how difficult there were, th- th- there was some, certainly some adversity in that. And I'm going, man, I would, I, you know, certainly it would be a dig me thing to share all these like sacrificial, honorable things that we're doing to keep the thing going. Um, but I mean, what are you going to, I call a press conference and say, Hey, I am great, you know, <laughs> yeah. so you just do it and you do it because you think it's the right thing. Yeah. I mean, you do it because you would want somebody who you trust, respect, whatever, if they were in that spot that you would hope that they would, would do that. And, and, but there's nobody around. I mean, uh, so theoretically you could do whatever. I mean, again, within the realm of reason, but, uh, yeah, I love that. I love that answer. So then, then it becomes why? How did it get instilled in you, and why is it important to you? Uh, it's important to me because, like, trust is such a big part of it. Like, I think as someone with high integrity, like, you can trust them. Like, nobody is infallible. No one's going to be 100% great at every moment of their lives. But if you know someone, for the most part, or almost every single time, is acting in good faith and doing things not because, you know, they're looking for some sort of credit or they're looking for some sort of praise— it's just, I don't know, I think I take more credence into what they say. I, I, I find that, you know, having high character is something where it's like you don't ever, like, talk about it. Like, you just, and I love that because I'm, I, you know, I love stuff with nuance and I love stuff that's kind of like what Ed Herman was talking about last week, like in the details, in the gray area. Right. And someone with high character isn't like someone you're like, 
oh, you know, that per- like it's just someone does it because they're not like even conscious. They just act that way and it's instilled and hardwired into them. And even people who who don't act like that but are aware, like, hey, like I, I did that, like accountability. Like I just, I find more, I trust and I like when people either take accountability for what they did wrong or, you know, if they were acting in a bad way, acknowledge it and, and try their best to, to better themselves from it. I feel like that's all integrity. And so when people don't act that way, it's pretty obvious. And that's like, okay, I no longer ever want to deal with that person or listen to that Right. I, I know what you mean by that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to think, you know, I mean, because if it's instilled, then you're operating the premise that you have it. But, you know, I'd like to think, I like to think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think, you know, certainly, I think probably for both of us, we would track it back to parents uh, and how you're raised. And I'm trying to think of things that like, in particular, like my mom would be more like a leading by example person. I mean, just a, a wonderful, uh, I mean, I can't say, and I'm just the most, wonder- I mean, I'm sure plenty of people would say this about their mothers. That's kind of oftentimes the deal, but just as synonymous with the word love. If love is indeed giving your life for the people, you know, who are closest to you, lay down one's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she truly did. It's, you know, I mean, here is a a lady who, you know, went to St. Mary's, um, which was when Notre Dame wasn't co-ed, the school right across from Notre Dame, and then got a master's in theater from Indiana University uh, and is incredibly intelligent, but then spent, you know, once she got married and was pregnant with me, then spent the next, God, I don't even know. I mean, when my sister was done with college or with high school, I guess it was probably 2008. So from the time I started, you know, it was around in 76 to 2008, nonstop. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's giving your life. And totally. it's, it's, and, but I mean, it, it was never, it was never, God, it's never bitched about it. Never bitched. And that's with four. Yeah. Never bitched about it. Never bitched how tough it was. And I, I just, I, and it's one of those things it, 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 two things. Number one, once you're married, if you if your parents have had a great marriage, you then appreciate that it's not like, oh, of course, everyone stays married and everybody, each husband loves his wife and each wife loves it. That's not the way, it's just not the way that it naturally works. It appears, I can't speak to your parents' relationship, and I guess who's going to say if their parents have a shitty relationship, but it appears based on the observations I've made when your mom and dad are around, mm-hmm. that they have a very good relationship. That's what it seems like to me. And I think me and my brothers and sister probably took for granted how great of a relationship that my parents have. I mean, they're approaching in like six weeks, 50 years, uh, their 50th anniversary. And you just kind of take it for granted when you have that. But then when you get married, you go, oh, my God. I mean, that is not something that everybody gets, yeah. you know. And then on top of it, with having, with raising four kids, in my mom's case, holy shit, I wouldn't do that. You could pay me a million a year. I don't want that job. Uh, and then knowing what my dad did, in particular in the 80s, with going to Cardinal games and Blues games for, you know, being a sales guy. You're on the, in a the, the different time. We were having booze. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still has his booze. But, you know, just like you're not around. Right. So, like, the, he's going to work super early but then he's not getting home until super late. So whether it be that responsibility or my mom's responsibility, and then for them to truly, like, love each other, and there's, like, no bullshit, nor does anybody ever even, like, cross their, you know, 
uh, you have an appreciation for that when you it, like you know that the marriage has had integrity yeah. and you also know that that's not necessarily an easy thing and then when you have children then you have an appreciation for parents mm-hmm. even more so in the way that they raise you and uh, and so I think it, so it's not about hey look we're being great parents yeah, exactly. or hey look we're being a loving couple it's just it's it's almost via osmosis because you observe the actions. Yeah. And that becomes, you know, that becomes what transforms itself into lessons of integrity. Yeah. Seeing that. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't really know why because I'm such an asshole in so many other ways in which people would usually judge people like the surface level kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I have no use for. But I find it to be phony and disingenuous for me, not for everybody. I think there's some people who just that's naturally who they are. Not that they're phony, but that's just naturally who they are. And that doesn't mean that therefore they don't have depth. Yeah. But uh, I don't I associate integrity with not being phony. Yeah. Totally. You see, and there's people, plenty of people who, are on the surface, you would say like, "Oh, high character integrity," but then you and dig then, a little and deeper. And the scenes, you know, that it's you know not. Yeah. And so, I would, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess my life would be easier if I could be like the inverse. Right. But that's just not. And and then and then applying it to career, which is something we definitely have talked a good amount, probably on all three shows about, is, you know, lying to people. Not necessarily lying, although it is what it is, media lying, um, because I can't imagine they don't know, but making a bunch of money by essentially treating the truth as some kind of narcotic. Mm -hmm. I couldn't put my head on the pillow. That that doesn't mean I'm on some moral high ground. It just doesn't. But I just I like I'm like, God, I could do this. I know I I know I could grab my phone and like scream about the Cardinal offseason and, you know, host chats and scream and call you know and it's like so easy but it's just it wouldn't be what i really think and i just value the integrity of something that truly for a lot of people probably you know those who kind of know about it but don't listen to tma or this show yeah uh we'll go that's the show where they talk to porn stars you know that's how you like discount it and it's dumb and sophomoric and you know therefore beneath them right uh and yet I value the integrity of it. Yeah. It's so that yeah. probably seems like a paradox, but I mean, I like I'm for me, I mean, whatever anybody else wants to say, God bless them. But I, I'm not going to say something if I don't mean it. And, yeah. and, and that is that. And I, and I honestly, I don't know why I'm trying to like trace back a live on a podcast, why that's so important. Cause I don't necessarily recall. I know my dad would rave about, uh, and I, I'm certain Jamie Burkhardt won't care about this because I know Jamie Burkhardt and you want to talk about integrity. Yeah. There's a guy with integrity. I mean, that's just a, like the greatest. But th- my dad had like a, my dad lost his dad at 16. And I believe um, both with his uncle, Jim Kennedy, uh, was like a father to him. And also Dave Sinclair, not the, the one who, you know, kind of predates you because I think he passed away in 2009. So, I mean, you, you were around, but gotcha. 11. Uh, and, I, and it's just like it's, it's the handshake deal. And a, and a big advertiser, too. I mean, that's not that those weren't small dollars. That's mm-hmm. a guy with a, a bunch of dealerships. Yeah. And it just, you know, I mean, they just had a relationship. And I remember sitting with Dave 
who I who I knew, and I was almost intimidated by. He was kind of a he was he was a presence. He really was, um, but not because he was intimidating in the way he went about it. it just like I guess you know you just see him a lot, and he also it's kind of like. I mean, that's the kind of guy that it'd be like you'd love him to run for office because, like, he said it and you knew it, and he just, like, this is the way that it is, and, you know, there's not a lot of smiling and jacking around. Here it is. Like it, don't like it. You know, I can't remember that. Thank you, and here's my address, I think, was the thing that he said, I think. Uh, and we'll bet an under free undercoat. So, I don't know. There was some kind of thing that he had. And this was totally away from microphones. I was just sitting there. I think I was out there, but my dad was out there as well. And, you know, he viewed my dad and the way he viewed my dad and I guess he I don't know how old Dave Sinclair would be now if he were still alive I would imagine he'd have to be in his 90s um and so you know my dad's now in his mid-70s so you know probably a father-son-esque relationship there and uh and so I, he probably therefore viewed me somewhat in that same way in like a grand grandson way and this was 2008 it had to have been because he was gone a year later and obviously not a great time for the economy and uh and i remember just sitting there it was just me and him and we were in the showroom but there was nobody else around and he said something about we're talking about the state of things and he goes but i haven't laid anybody off and i don't want to lay anybody off under any circumstances and he goes that is incredibly important to me and it's just me and i'm just like 32 year old doofus radio guy mm-hmm. you know right. and him talking and i'm not doing any spots for him that that that's the kind that to me if you're asking for like an example of integrity yeah. that to me to me that to me is integrity i would actually tell you a tell of the inverse would be somebody trying to display integrity like you made reference to like with cameras around or i would say look at me on social media now I don't want to say a social media campaign for charity is automatically bad because that's absolutely not because oftentimes that's how it can gain attention and do good. So I want to make that clear. I'm not saying if you're doing it on social media and you're doing it from cameras, then it's because that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just citing an example of somebody who that sticks out to me. And my memory is like, you know, being jarred by the topic. And I specifically remember that. And I'm like, he knows something. This isn't like from the air. And he, he didn't probably don't even know where the hell I'm doing a show, right. you know? Right. Uh, that just stood out to me as, you know, here's somebody who is, I can't imagine what it was like at that time and how life would probably be easier. But it just was so important to him to not lay anybody off. Yeah. You know, and again, sometimes it has to happen. Sometimes it's from above, you know, but... In this case, that stood out to me. Here's a guy who's probably in his 70s or 80s, doesn't need to be there at this point, and he is fighting the good fight to keep all of his people employed. And I'm certain there were a lot of people on his payroll, and I just remember thinking that. there's, And, and also, it didn't surprise me in any way, you know? Yep. So. Yeah. yeah, it's totally, it's like what you do and not what you say necessarily. Like, you can be, you can display integrity, but, like, what you actually do, and again, we used the definition earlier, like, what you do when no one's watching is truly going to define you. You know, there's certainly times where, like, you know, people get, like, get out of jail free cards essentially because, like, they've done charitable acts. And it's like, but, like, what really rich person doesn't give any money away? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that in itself 
while appreciated and very helpful to many of different incredible causes, like, but being in there and doing it and helping people is like what you really see and what you do when no cameras are around, no mm. one's watching and leading with gratitude. That's another thing. Some you just displayed a second ago, being so gracious to your parents for teaching you and how good of a job they did raising you and your brothers and sisters. Like that is like, so I, I think important because even like the people who you would say, Oh my God, they're a self-made person. Like oh, people help them along the absolutely. way, whether in a, a small way or in a very big way. And so when you lead with gratitude, that's another thing because no one does it alone. And so leading, I think just leading with gratitude, being truly gracious, not just saying, but being truly gracious to those who helped you is such a, a high mark of integrity. Now I'm saying this based on what you said about 20 seconds ago. Okay. And not, so I want to make it clear because you were saying somebody's saying self-made and they, they get the credit. And then you started talking about how nobody made I was thinking immediately of this, but now it's going to sound like I'm like jerking yeah. you off because of the last <laughs> thing you said, which I totally agree with. But one of the reasons why, I mean, for real, we had this when I came over to Hubbard. Um, and by the way, I totally get it, but I, but I, I just like refute it mm -hmm. because I know right. it's not a, it's not a, oh, let me act like these right. four other fucktards I work with are doing anything when in reality, you know, it's, it's me and I know it's, that's just not it. So like when it would be called the Tim McKernan show or Tim McKernan and cast in the newspaper, it bothers me. Yeah. It truly, and it's, it just bothers me. It just bothers me from a, an idealistic standpoint of it's, it's not. Yeah. And in a way it kind of played off when I was approaching free agency a couple of years ago, three years ago, I guess. So I'm like, I appreciate you guys want, that's flattering. I mean, what, who else wouldn't want that at any job and anybody watching this or listening to this, you want that. That's great. But my success is not about me. And it's also not just about the other people on the show. Mm -hmm. It's about the sales staff because what you're interested in, as you should be, are the dollars. But I didn't, Doug didn't, and Jackson, you had just started. You didn't, and Iggy didn't, and Plowhawk didn't, and the cat didn't. We didn't go get those dollars. We may have played a role in it, and then the show creates a return on invest. But somebody had to bring those dollars in. Yep. Yep. There's a sales team, and whether it be back in the day when we started inside STL and the people who you know handled all of that, so it kind of did become more of a podcast than a radio show. So therefore, whatever random station we might be on, now on HD2, it kind of didn't matter. Mm -hmm. There were people behind the scenes who could do things that I can't do when it comes to coding and building a website and uploading audio and fixing it when inevitably there are things that are wrong, not because it's their fault, but just they happen. So this was, so to say, Tim McKernan and cast, and it bothered, and again, I mean, I, it's almost like it could come off the wrong way because... I'm calling attention to it, and I hope it didn't because I know what I really think when I see that. And it's, it's not like it happens a hundred times. Right. But also when I came over here or, you know, and, I, and it'd be like, well, you're the, you know, you're the guy. And I'm like, okay, I am as far as like the guy bringing it in out of break. And I might be the one who's most active with the advertisers. And I, my company owns the intellectual property. And that's all, I'll agree with all that, and I'm not disputing that. But the stuff all has value because of the other people. Right. You know, I'm a part of it. Right. And I just, I feel passionately about it because it's the truth. And I also, it's also just, it's right. It's, 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 it's the truth. So therefore it is what it, right. it doesn't and matter. You know, it's, it's the truth. So therefore it needs to be said, you know, so if they, and I also realize, I think, I think the article may mention the people on air. I wouldn't feel like as, but it's me. And then it highlights to me, it's like Tim McKernan cast. And it's almost like, and I get it. And it's not done. I don't think whoever writes about it in the post, whether it be Dan Caesar or any other column is doing it to like dismiss Doug's talent or anybody else on the show. 
but it's just it's not accurate. The show is a group, but then the show is not just the people on air or just the producers. It's it's the sales staff. It's the people with, you know, whether it be Justin Boyd, Brendan Marks back in the day with the website, all of these things, the people who handle promotions and events. It wasn't just me. It never was just me. And it isn't just me. There's no way you could have something, especially in the weird AM radio and HD2 world where it goes this long and it just be one person. It just, it just is not the way that it works. And so that is why I had like this, you know, and the people who I've worked with almost across the board have been like really good people. People, if they reached out to me now, I'd be like, sure, what, you know, what can I do? And vice versa, by the way, yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So, I mean, fucking Joe hasn't worked on the show in 11 years and he's a, you know, obviously a unique personality, but I also know that we've been through enough together that whether I need something or he needs something, I know he's there. And it's just kind of like that simple. And so when you have those kinds of relationships and then you go, holy shit, I've been lucky enough to do this. God, how awful would it be actually if I were sitting here and going, well, I did it. You know, you guys were able to hang around, but fuck, I mean, without me, what would you be? And that's just not it. Yeah. Because without you guys, what the fuck would I be? That's how I look at it. Yep. So... That makes me think of that, and then I can't recall what it was. Oh, when we were talking about the 20th anniversary of TMA, I think you might have been in that meeting mm-hmm. when they said we go, this was like a, toward the tail end of last year. And, it, and yes, it is the 20th anniversary of TMA, but I'm the only person right now who was on it from the very beginning. Yep. And so, therefore, if we were to celebrate it, to me, it feels like we'd be celebrating me, and I'm uncomfortable with that. You know, it'd be one thing, like, if we were celebrating, like, if all of us had been together since oh absolutely I'd be I'd be I'd be leading the charge on the promotion of it yeah. for real because yeah. I know it's good for business yeah or a three of the five you know like if it, like, right yeah but you know I I, I remember a quote um, it, you probably looked this one up I think it would have been 2007 STL today with uh, uh, when the cat got whacked in January of 2007, Martin had quit in October 2006, and Joe had gotten whacked in September, August of 2006. So, I mean, here's my fucking group, and mm-hmm. just, just like that in five fucking months. Yeah. And Jason Baird, who I honestly, truly, actually do, I respect, I think the poll's ridiculous, but <laughs> just, just based on logic, you yeah. know, I mean, but, but whatever, I, it's... It doesn't affect my life, and I really don't care. It's amusing for us to bullshit yeah. about, and Iggy gets worked up about it and whatever. So Tomorrow, fun. morning show. Oh, is that right? So we'll have our big day. Maybe tomorrow, we'll be number one, and I, I'll get mornings. my hundred grand bonus check. <laughs> um, but uh, he was quoted, and I'm not. this isn't to pick on him, but I just remember disagreeing with it because he wanted to keep calling the show the morning grind. And I go, hey, man, I go... 75% of the morning grind is no longer on the morning grind. I said, I don't think that. He goes, well, I appreciate you saying that, but I look at it more like Nirvana, and we still have Kurt Cobain. And I think he used that line in the paper. And I'm just like, oh. I, and it's just, that's not it. And and yeah, by the way, I think most people would probably say Dave Grohl's career wound up being, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's that that's just not, it just was, because it was never like, well, Martin's the star, and then the cat and Timbert is there. It was just, I don't think anybody on the show has ever viewed it that way. Right. You know, I, you know, I'm the person who brings it in and out of break, but that doesn't, you know, everybody's got their respective responsibilities. And to me, my biggest responsibility certainly is to, I guess, host it, but the business stuff that I do behind the scenes 
is to me the most the, why I am. That's my value. That's that's the position I play. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's the makeup of all the different personalities over the different eras of the show that have made it succeed. And so that is why, even though I'm the person who brings it in on a break, I don't I don't like that. You know, and again, it's it's my own thing. I don't think anybody else even spends a second of time thinking about it. But since you bring that up, I think there are all, I, I'm trying to think, and I'm sure maybe it's I can look in the YouTube chat where there you think of it, whether it be a musician, an actor. You know, last night we just had the Grammys. I didn't I really didn't watch much of it at all. Uh, uh, you were I know you were flying back and I was watching sure. Curb and then I don't know what the hell we watched something else afterwards. Oh, a part of Saturday Night Live from the night before, so I didn't watch it. So when everybody was talking about it, I just stayed out of it today. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when somebody is truly sincere in a speech or in an interview, I think you can tell yeah. as opposed to, and I'm not saying it's wrong because you, you probably have a clock that's ticking down when the camera you're looking into and you're then automatically your brain and you just have had this rush of dopamine and you're probably looking down and seeing, you know, some of the biggest, you know, names in the world in that industry, but, uh, you know, if slash when I'm done, I, I, I don't know how I will, would handle the thank yous because it would take it would take like a it, it, like three hours of a show right, to, totally. to do it, yeah. to truly do it. Do it justice. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you talk about that, I'm not doing this now because Jackson goes, oh, integrity is the lady. <laughs> but I mean, it triggered my mind to think of when when somebody kind of says goodbye and and you can tell that they're like this, you know, this I got to make sure that I I mention these names when I realize a lot of people listening or watching will have no idea who these people are, but without these people I'm not standing here. Yeah. And so you can you can say that I'm running out of time, you know, that's fine, cut me off, you know, play but off. but but it play me off, but I got to make sure that I I thank them. So I agree with that, but I think that also falls into the category of self-awareness, yeah, of totally. of recognizing, you know. I mean, I'm think. I mean, I can think of my eighth-grade English teacher who taught me how to write. I still use a lot of that. Yeah. Mrs. Perkins, Carol Perkins, Washington, Missouri. Uh, you know, and and God Almighty, I don't know how many teachers at St. Louis U High I would name, and broadcast professors at the University of Missouri, and kind of letting them that them letting me you know, just kind of like do my fuck off stuff, which I know I'm sure they got together and go, okay, this guy isn't going to, you know, this, the, the, what was it? The city council salt shaker cutaway that you like so much. <laughs> I like that's just, that's just, you're like, ah, oh, I need a cutaway. Well, the salt shaker will do. It's the first that's, I mean, that's how little I cared about it. I'm like, none of this matters. Like I'm a sports guy. I'm not going to do this stuff. But I mean, like, seriously, that's the kind of thing where in that spot, somebody said, hey, you might be a sports guy, but in order to get to that, you got to do this. And yeah. we think you may have some ability, but you're not just going to get to circumvent it. And they kind of let me do it. And I still don't really know how or why. But if they would have said you need to do more with the news shit, I might have gone, fuck this. And who knows? And then I might have yeah. gone to law school or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the, is there, that, that, you, you bring up such a great point. I, I do think, I, I mean, there, there are sayings that you learn, and I've cited like the Burt Kaufman thing of... Yep. Never waste time on something with no upside and never get in a public war of words with a known liar. And God, do I use those? Yeah, big time. But I think having integrity instilled is more by observation. Yeah. And oftentimes yeah. when I asked about that 2004 Cardinal team, I'll tell, and I know I've said this on this podcast, that Matheny, who was the, probably the ninth place hitter in the World Series, 
And Woody Williams, who I think did start one of the early series games, but you know, it was in part because of injury to Carpenter, they were the leaders on that team, even though you had at least two Hall of Famers now. Well, I mean, I guess Pools and I mean Pools and Roland and Edmonds and Molina and I might be missing somebody else who was on that tell Larry Walker's already in. I mean, it's littered with Hall of Famers. But they weren't the leaders. Not to say that they weren't leaders, but they weren't the guys. And that's because of the way Matheny carried himself and the way Woody Williams carried himself. That's who they turned to. And so it's it's interesting when I think about, like, radio stations. And I go, okay, who were the, the leaders? And then how good were those those places because of that? Um, that stuff matters. And I think oftentimes in our business, it's why I go out of my way when it comes up that Scott Rizzuto... Who's pro- would, I don't even know he knows I say this stuff about him. We have a, like a really, I, I think anyway, a really good relationship. And I think I've told him this, but I know I've said it to people. The fact that he has a show as big as it is and he carries himself the way he does sets the tone for the building yep. as far as on air goes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And that's so huge. It's, it's like in a clubhouse. And, you know, when, I, when McGuire was making his chase – that set a tone for the other guys that the media is the enemy. And when McGuire was in that mode, that's not who he is anymore, that it was really awkward in there. And Pujols wasn't exactly, you know, bright and bubbly himself. It wasn't because he was an asshole. He was just consumed with baseball. You yeah. know, it's like watching a guy who's consumed with golf. I mean, mm-hmm. Tiger wasn't when he was really playing. He yeah. wasn't exactly. Right. That's what Albert Pujols was. It, it, Michael Jordan, you watch the last dance, his teammates talked about it. He goes, but he earned the right to demand that of us. Yeah. You know, so... Um, how how tone is set? Yeah, it's a great question, man. It's a great really fucking good. question. Tiny PP. Uh, a tiny PP. This guy. I'm telling you, we have some we have some like Hall of Famers in this uh, podcast. Let me take a look at uh, what I got here. Jackson, did you sleep face down, ass up with all those boys? That's from Carl Pelk. That's right. Did yeah. you? Well, yeah, I sleep face down. That's what I do. Uh, what's up, uh, t- Miss TMA today? Had shit to do. Both of you looking sexy, rocking the hats. Thank you so much. I got my dog's hat on. Jackson's got a Scottsdale. What, is, what hat is that? I TPC mean, Scottsdale. Hat. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, How was the golf course? You shot an eighty-eight. You feel like you left some out there, but you know it's, it's you know it's the off season. First round of the year. Uh, You're gonna gorge- post that number. Will it move your index up? Probably will. Probably will. Yeah. Um, gorgeous course. It actually rained a good amount the night before. Like, our first night there, it rained pretty oh, good. Softened up the greens for the attack pins. Well, I kept saying to all the guys, like, what about the round tomorrow? I was like, the right, soften up the greens. That's all I see. So we were C's on P's, carts on path, which oh. is, I don't mind. And uh, I first time ever playing desert golf. Really enjoy it. You know, oh, you've never played desert golf before? Uh-uh. No, you don't deal with a lot of the tree problems that you deal with here in the Midwest. Uh, really tough to lose golf balls if you're, if you're not going into water. Because, you know, even, like, when you hit a bad shot, it's just out there in, like, the little gravelly desert Beware part. the snakes and scorpions, boy. Yeah, but in the winter, I didn't see a single snake, which would have really scared me. Um, and it's I've played, obviously, a ton of Florida golf. I've played a lot of East Coast-style golf. Yeah. Obviously, 98% Midwest golf. So first time really playing that West Coast desert style. And I really liked it. You know, ball flies a little bit further. Yeah, it does. Um, little windy. Hawk was up. Hawk was up, and then the sun would get covered. The desert's so weird like that. Like, as soon as the sun gets covered up in the desert, it drops yeah. precipitously temperature-wise. Um, so there was times where, like, I was like, oh, I better take this quarter zip off. And then 10 seconds later, it's like, oh, I'm cold and windy. Yeah. And so now i got to put the quarter zip back on. But I really, really enjoyed it. They do it right out there with TFC Scottsdale. Like, it's it's a 
obviously expensive experience, but it's the experience where, like, you know, you get the whole thing. Yeah. You get to feel. And that the week before the waste management to see the setup of the stadium yeah. course and you're right next to it, PJs flying over your head left and right. Really, really cool. I, I can see why people like oh, yeah. gravitate towards because it's like I, when I before I went out there, I was like, "What's the deal with like like Scotts? Like it's not by an ocean, you know. Obviously, the weather's nice, and uh, but it can be get pretty brutal out there." I was like, "I don't really see the draw," but going out there, I yeah, totally, see totally oh, yeah. see the draw. It's it's something. I mean, people don't talk about. I'm going to Phoenix, right? They say I'm going to Scotts, which wasn't the case when you were oh, twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, always says we're going to Phoenix. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's just such a monster area. Like I don't know how long the drive would be from Scottsdale to Glendale, but it's all considered to Phoenix. Yeah, you know? I know, and that's yeah. And I think they're on the opposite ends, but I don't remember i think i thought glendale was like east of downtown phoenix while scottsdale is more north of it but is I, could right? be way, I could be way off all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's steven diener host of the unidentified alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or uap for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com uh tim outside of jim what character from the office not actor do you most identify with wow good how about question. this a good question i'm just getting ready to shut it down and go have my shredded chicken i like i, I like this question Man. Okay, so what's your answer? Because my wife and I are in the, in the midst of watching it as we speak. I think it's what's so fun about The Office is you can identify a little bit with every character, maybe outside of Dwight, even though I'm sure we've all had our Dwight moments. Um, but, like, I actually know. I'm sure plenty of people feel that, like, with that loyalty, you know, that, like, intrinsic loyalty that Dwight has, which is super admirable. Um, I think I would identify most... I feel like I have a little bit of Andy in me, um, which I think is actually fun, and a little bit of Pam. Andy and Pam. Who's Andy? Andy uh, at Helms. Oh, at Helms. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we're, we, just Helms. Seasons, we just yeah. got that at Helms. We just got that at Helms. Oh, I mean, when he arrives like an absolute wrecking ball. <laughs> yes, that's what we just got to. We literally just got to that episode. The merger, or whatever the hell it's oh, called. Oh, so good. We, just got, we literally just got to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when he punches the hole in the wall uh -huh. after that. Like that's, but that's like the thing. It's like we all have those little moments of anger. We all have like the Jim Snark moments. We yeah. all have the Michael Scott, like totally have our heads up our ass uh -huh. moments. Like that's why I think the show is so So how resonant. are you like Pam? How am I like Pam? Pam kind of seems like reserved and like sometimes like just like, all right, I'll do it. Like I'll put up with some shit. But like also like I have a lot of self-beliefs that I eventually will come out with. Like once I get yeah. more comfortable. Because right. as the series goes on, Pam kind of comes out of her shell a little bit yeah. more from like the sheepish receptionist to like more boisterous person. Right. And so I feel like I have a little bit of that in me. I'm sure I have a little bit of Kevin in me. Who Brian Bumgarner, the actual actor, great actor and huge hoops fan. So shout out to Brian Bumgarner. Um, don't see a lot of Angela in myself. <laughs> Angela. Don't see a lot of Angela, even though she's low key so funny. Actually, a lot of Creed too. Creed. Who is the? If you know, if you've seen it enough, uh -huh. you know Creed is secretly the funniest character <laughs> in the entire show. Probably some early Ryan in there. Early Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early yeah. Ryan. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I I I'm going Toby. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a little Toby in me. As well. Yeah, that's where I am. I think I'm on the Toby train, actually. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I, I haven't, I mean, I've watched the show. Sure. But I've only watched, like, kind of with it in the background. So yeah. now we're, like, watching it intensely. 
So I don't know if Toby like winds up getting arrested for something or some people like, oh uh, my Dwight, god. Uh, Michael tries to plant. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> well, see there you go. So through three three seasons, like when somebody would come to him with something, and it's just ridiculous, and he goes, okay. That 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 I feel like that yeah. exasperation sometimes. Yeah, I would I imagine that uh, in a brief moment you felt like Kevin when they have the casino episode, the casino night, and Kevin has the World Series of uh, Poker. Oh, bracelet. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, he's got a bracelet. Maybe on, I haven't gotten to that episode. And he's like talking know. about how good he is at poker, and then he busts out in the first <laughs> hand, and he goes, "I suck." <laughs> and I was like, "We've all been there. We've all been there." Uh, let's see what I got here, um, Tim. From a fatherly perspective. What is one thing as a child you vowed to do differently as a father, and what kind of impact has it made on your relationship with your children? God, that's a really good question. Uh, and it'll be our final one for today. But I should note that somebody named Katie says, You guys look cute today. And I would guess Katie is about 26 right. and kind of into women, mm-hmm. but she also digs guys mm. who do HD2 and one hour midday HD1 shows. That's my read. Yeah. She's also concerned about Ella Reese's work ethic. What is going on? Have you noticed that? <laughs> I don't know if I've noticed it at the level. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm really worried she's out of the industry. I'm truly worried. And there's nobody, like, I think about, like, when I notice it on, like, a Saturday, I'm like, man, I can't wait till QFTA to just say this to Jackson, <laughs> even though Jackson will have no response. I just don't know as much about Ella Reese, but. Um... I really am worried. I really am. I think she might be like in a relationship and getting out of the business, and I'm so down about the How old the is she? Do you know? I have no idea. Early 20s, probably? Uh, I think probably a little older than that. I would okay. guess she's like, I bet she's older than you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe she's uh, seen and and is going to leave. I'm worried. Mm. Yeah. For my own interest, I'm worried she's in a good relationship. <laughs> uh, this question was a great question from Callus Coitus. Tim, from a fatherly perspective, what is one thing as a child you vowed to do different as a father, and what kind of impact has it made on your relationship with your children? Well, the the, the second child is two, so he is not really, um, you know, we're not we're not at a real conversational standpoint. Although we, you know, he certainly talks, and I was up at the golf course with him. But then work on that range. Oh my God, it's it's I, I don't know what to say. I mean, again, I love it, but. And my wife, who isn't really a big golf, like the two biggest things in my life, golf and pornography, my wife is not on board with. But she now sees it, and she, like, can't get enough. She's like, like we're, I don't know what the hell's going on, you know? Um, but, I mean, it could be like, you know, like, I mean, when you're a kid, there's things that you find out that you were obsessed with when you were two. And, like, it's so far from your, oh, yeah. what you'd be. So who fucking knows? I don't know. But anyway... Yes, uh, we were in the backyard yesterday with golf balls, then up the course yesterday, and then he got in his pajamas, started hitting balls, and then, you know, when you're a baby, you're in a sleep sack of some kind, and then he was back in that and then hitting balls. So this goes on all day long, and I assume I'll be at family golf within the next couple of hours. So if anybody wants to see me, I'll be the guy with the two-year-old who's just sitting there because the two-year-old's just putting balls on a chair and hitting hand is bombing. Hammering family buckets. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) family buckets, you know, hitting them about five yards. But anyway... Uh, something that I remember thinking when I was a kid that I wouldn't do if and when I was a parent, which is really odd that I thought this way, if I did indeed. I mean, sometimes we were talking about how we, maybe this was when KG was in. You think that you said this, but you didn't. But I really remember being bothered by because I told you so. Mm-hmm. Now, life as a parent would be a lot easier if you just did execute, because it is kind of like just... <laughs> and then moving on with your day. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. 
Uh, and so I don't. I don't think I've ever said it, which is really saying something, because now my body of work goes back to 2017 and communicating probably since 2019. Right. Um, I really feel strongly about that, even though I realize my explanations may be, you know, so far over their head. Um, when I get asked questions that may be considered awkward, uh, I attempt to answer them, um, even though, again, the explanations maybe, um, if they have, if they're, if they're upset about something, I know I don't have many years where I will be taller than, than them, but at the moment I am. Mm-hmm. And so I kneel down to look them in the eye. So it's more of a, uh, and then by the way, that, that's just something that I just feel like is the right thing to do. But the, because I told you so thing I hated when I was a kid. And, and by the way, I will take my parents and, and I don't know what the hell I, I hated that I had to bust tables at Pietro's when I was 14. That's like my big gripe. Yeah. And I don't think I will do that. But at the same time, doing that may have taught me a work ethic. Um, and to, and then, and then I'm sitting there bitching about not having a car when I'm 16 and driving my parents' minivan, just like here, it's like, it's like a droving chastity belt, you know, <laughs> especially when it's coming from South St. Louis to West County. Uh, or, uh, you know, wherever the St. Joe girls lived. Sure. Oh, here comes the guy who busts tables at Pietro's in his parents' minivan. Yeah. You can imagine it wasn't a real lustful time. Sure. But uh, I look back on that, I go, God, that was so right. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the working thing. I really, because again, working would have been one thing, but the working on Friday and Saturday nights, I, I think I really lost my high school years there. Mm-hmm. So the, I haven't changed my mind on that. I don't think I would have my kids doing that. But I like the idea of just not like giving them sure. incredibly nice yeah, no, I get that. cars. And I'm not saying it's wrong if you do. I'm just saying for me, I like the like now I look back on it and I like that I was driving like a sh- like, you know, shitty cars. Yeah. I like it because then it made you appreciate um, working for things, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so to answer Callus Coitus's question, the because I told you so thing, I just feel and it might be like people are like, oh, God, that's your answer. But I'm just like, I hated that. Like, there has to be a reason. Give me the reason. What yeah. is the reason? I want to know the reason. And so as somebody who, you know, loathes dogma, yeah. for me to then practice dogma with my children, I don't give a fuck if a guy just turned two nine days ago, as the case is with the, the younger one or the other one, you know, it, may not understand i don't remember there was a question there was something and it was kind of geopolitical and i go into it oh the great wall of china because it's one of the screensavers on right. apple tv yeah yeah and he goes well how long would it take to walk and i look it up I go, oh my god that fucking thing's thirteen thousand. i had you know it's thirteen thousand miles long i mean what in the fuck oh it's one of the most impressive structures ever holy built. shit oh it's crazy I go, well, I mean, it'd be like walking back and forth in the United States, like, I don't know how many, four to five times, yeah. I think. I yeah. think that's the math. Yeah. And he goes, so how long would it take to do it? I go, and then I saw somebody had did it in ni- like 1908 in yeah. five months. Like, Holy how the fuck? Shit. I don't even know if that's That's po- like Forrest Gump shit. Is that shit. possible? Yeah, that's That's crazy. not possible, is it? I mean, that's, if we do the math. I mean, if, if you're eating and sleeping, I guess, theoretically, but that would be, you'd be moving. Like, you'd be have to move. I don't even, I, I, for the life of me, I can't figure that out. But either way, um... Well, I mean, they'd get attacked by the Mongolians, and so they wanted to, you know, I'm like, yeah. I know, you know, and then, it, then as it turns out, like I said last week, he gets in a, you know, disagreement with his buddies because they're cheering for the Chiefs, and he goes, well, do you know that the Chiefs are the reason the Chiefs owner voted to have a St. Louis? And I'm, just, and I'm like, 
I guess maybe I should be careful with this stuff because then he's going to take it and then go to school with it and obviously not fully understand it. And I don't yeah. want him getting, you know, but I also, I just, I value, again, whether it be doing this stuff or with my kids, I value being honest. I don't know what to say. You know, you know, you got to handle some of the, you know, the bullshit of early childhood stuff. Just on the off chance a child's watching this, which, wow. Yeah. Um, but also, so I'll, I'll thank keep, you for watching. Thank you for watching, absolutely. But, yeah, like I've always felt about sex. It's like, absolutely, go for it. God bless. Enjoy the fuck out of it. Get good at it, too. You yeah. know, I mean, really right. put in some time on your craft and all kinds of different elements. But wear a fucking condom. You can blow your life up. Yeah, totally. With, you know, I mean, holy shit. As opposed to, oh, you shouldn't have sex. I mean, what the fuck? Stop with that shit. I mean, we're just, it's not a fairy tale. I mean, let's operate honestly here. But wear a fucking condom, you know, and be good. You know, the, the hips are very important here. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, but, you know, here's some places to go. Uh, you know, here's Ella Reese, you know, when you were six. She was my favorite. Watch what she's doing. You need to implement that when you're, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, and I don't understand why some things are like dirty. I mean, I get it's uncomfortable, but, uh, but, but hey, they're going to be fucking. And ideally, pretty relatively speaking, at a young age. Right. I, I mean, but wear a condom. And I think that's a hell of a lot more healthy right. than going, oh, you got to wait till you're married or, you know, don't, you know, shouldn't do it or this <laughs> shit. Anyway, Jackson, anything else? I'm all worked up now over premarital sex. Nothing, but I. Uh, <laughs> which often. <laughs> that's, the title, that's the title of today's podcast. Talk about premarital sex. That's a good one. Uh, Fat Bob uh, is the last thing we'll do. I just ask a good question in the uh, YouTube chat asking, how is the Venmo situation from the bachelor party, Jackson? Someone always forgets the Venmo weeks later. Uh oh. I was. No, I'm not like going to air out grievances. Let's by do any it. Because uh, I was doing plenty of Venmo. And, but. I, and maybe there's already some out there for it, but I feel like there's a real untapped market in like some sort of software where like everyone puts in how much they spent on this, that, or the other thing, and then it automatically chops it up into how many things Ooh, you want. Ooh, that's a good idea. And then you just pay through that same app, and it all goes in. And I'm sure that there's already something like this. You never know, not, man. That I'm not privy to. But there seems like a big market because I mean, this was obviously like this weekend was a major example of like needing to do that. But how many times like? People my age, like, you go out to drink or you do that, and there's Ubers and drink costs and Ubers back and this, that, or the other thing that people need to pay for. And it's like a headache to track people down in Venmo or you, right. what's your Venmo and this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take Apple Cash. It's like, okay, like, can we, there needs to be like a unified thing where you, everyone puts in how much they spent and it chops it up and I tells really you. like that. I, I just, I've thought this really for a while because like I've gone on several of these kind of hashtag boys trips yeah. where, you know, people are paying for stuff and then you got to get Venmo back. God, I got, I, I'm going on a trip with uh, some friends this week and I guess this might come into play. Yeah, uh, totally. So, nice. That's uh, a good idea. I think just because you think that doesn't mean somebody's done it. Yeah, yeah. You might have just, just retired with that idea. Could have, could have. I yeah. just I need to find a software engineer. Right. And, you know. Probably. I mean, Sound Story was born on this podcast. It's true. Me it's in true. my basement by myself. Boy, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is the. This is the. F- yeah. This is an incubator here. I, it, that's really what it is. Yeah. That's what it gets down to it. And people griping about premarital sex. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have uh, Katie. Katie, thank you so much. And uh, Katie has not yet confirmed that she's 26. By curious. She's about a zero waist, 32D. And she loves HD2 radio. Right. Just as equal chance of that is it's Corey. 
and guy. Yeah, and he's 43. Oh, he's 43. He's a little 43, yeah. Shaved head, beard, 38 waist. Yep, yep. Really looking forward to the Battle Hawks kicking off. Oh, wow. What a moment. Balloon well, Party just, Jackson appeared in the Tim McKernan show. You know, that might be it. Corey's that just might fired be up. What, nothing a mo- wrong with that. what a moment. Fired up the cacao. I'm, you know, what I'm with a it. moment. What a stunning moment. No, wow. I, there is nothing wrong with being really invested in minor league offseason football. Oh, 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 my God. Wow. What a moment. Uh, all right. Jackson's fresh off of flying on private jets. Right. That's what, that's what yesterday was. Oh, Lord. Somebody said, I'm 43 with a shaved head and a goatee, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> uh, let's see, Turtle Gaming Zone. I watched uh, Leftovers this weekend. The cinematography was unique. Uh, there's always a little heart over this. You have the same thing? Like, yeah. I can't see through that little heart? Yeah, I know. It's to, Mine is luckily to the right of all chat. was unique, uh, and it threw me off. The style threw me off at times. I know. Leftovers is a, is a blind spot for me. I've heard incredible things about The Leftovers. It's a TV show. Oh, left? I was thinking of the holdovers. holdovers. That's right. what I, okay. If they're talking about The Holdovers... Uh, that is one of the that's best. Where I, that's where I immediately went, and I'm going, right. okay, what and was I won't talk about, about that, but if you want to talk about like, the, the shots, like the still frames of the holdovers are gorgeous. Like, they're paintings. And that's, like, such is a— Is that right? I, like, right at the opening shots of, like, the old-time boarding schools with the snow on it, like, that's, like, some real awesome shit. Uh-oh. I just uh, flipped over to the Twitter tweets, and I see an Iggy Strode tweet. I saw Lisa Ann getting dragged out of the— Mm-hmm. And he t- tweeted with an, the New York Post article, she did nothing wrong, someone's not telling the truth. So Iggy's on a big Twitter. He's on a quest today. He, He's on a quest. I'm telling you. When I woke up this morning and I see what's trending on the Twitter tweets and I see Lisa and I'm like, oh boy. And then I open it up, I'm like, oh boy. Like, Here we go. Yeah. I already know it's coming. Yeah, I saw it this morning, too. And I've gotten, like, more texts about it, like, people, like, sending to me, like, look what happened to Lisa. I'm like, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I wake up pretty early. I see these things, so I appreciate the people, you know, send it like I don't know. But it, it's like, like my friends, like, text me, like, a cardinal thing that happened, like, eight hours ago. I'm like, yeah, I feel like kind of my industry. I kind of I know when things happen. Yeah, I had, I've, had, I've got some of those, but I've been it's doing like, shows. Oh, like, wow. Did you hear that, you know, like, uh, they signed Matt Carpenter? It's like, yeah, I was, I was aware. What do we got here? Uh, oh, James Carlton, sponsor of uh, the Tim McCartney Show podcast. Chase Daniel, interviewing Clark Hunt today on NFL Total Access at 4 Pacific as we are leading you up to the Super Bowl. What's one thing you want to know? Oh, James Carlton, why were you uh, the only owner on the relocation committee in 2014 that voted for the Inglewood side? God bless James Carlton. There you go, James. Out of baby. Out of baby. I can't uh, imagine Chase asking a question oh. of his, that question of his former employer, but... And I continue to say, that I want to make it clear. I get it. Oh, yeah, totally. I get it. Totally. I get it. It is amazing how much Chief stuff's around in St. Louis. I don't I don't know if you see it. I mean, I see it. I, yeah, I was... I was, I was oh. oh, I guess you were with a lot of KU people, but... Yeah, a lot of KC guys, there's, but even... So, yeah, even but, like, you go to, like, a place that sells, like, merchandise, like, St. Louis sports merchandise, a, a section... As oh, big of as Mizzou or SLU or Illinois stuff is as big you, for the Chiefs. You were out of town uh, on Thursday and Friday, but uh, I think Dan Caesar, the Post-Dispatch, had an article on the ratings in St. Louis, and they're bigger than anywhere else other than Kansas City for the Chiefs. I mean, it's worked out. I mean, God bless. And I'm going to make it clear. They were moving. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whether he, yeah, you know. He could have voted yes, and it's the same thing. My issue is, like, don't, don't 
do something and pass it off as authentic when it's it's obvious. It's you know that it's like that's the but seems like the theme of the podcast. I mean, this is a my my opinion on this is very unpopular. I mean, even with my my own family. Yeah. And I said to my mom, I go, "Oh, you're pulling for the Chiefs?" And she goes, "Well, yeah. I mean, they're from Missouri." I go, "You know, yeah." A lot of things from Missouri. You know, I covered that perhaps more so than anybody in the area. I don't know, maybe Jim Thomas, I suppose. Uh, I said, there's a lot of a lot of meat on the bone about the Chiefs thing. I get, like, like kids of my, sure. my sons, you sure. know, they weren't even alive when that all yeah, happened. Or even a little But whatever. I, again, I don't really give a shit. Whatever. Oh. I, I mean, when it gets down to it, I'm just, I'm like, holy shit. It couldn't have worked out any better for Stan Kroenke and Clark Hunt. And here we are, just, you know. Got a big announcement today that the UFL championship game is going to be at the Dome in June. Yeah. Um, I wish it didn't. It's all happening. I wish it didn't. It truly nauseates me, St. Louis people being – like, it actually – like, it makes my blood boil. It shouldn't. Wow. It's totally – Because un- mine's rooted in the 1990s, which you didn't even live through. It's totally me. It's totally me. Like, I, I just – it's on me. I just can't stand it. And I think the reasoning is I sat through so much – Bullshit with the St. Louis Rams. I became a true, like a real yeah, yeah. invested fan, watch every game when Sam Bradford got drafted and, and throughout to the end. And just brutal, brutal games and terrible ass. And I know these people who are Chiefs fans now didn't give a shit, couldn't care any less, but now the Chiefs are good and they have two friends from Kansas City. It's Chiefs baby, Kelsey for a while. I kiss my ass. Like, it's the Kobe Bryant thing. If you weren't with us shooting in the gym, Shut up. Wow, how about that? So I'm in a spot where I will be in a spot where I can gamble. I guess you can do that anytime now, but I will be uh, on Sunday. And I kind of, when, when when the Lions lost, actually, oh, I couldn't care any less about it. I went upstairs and said to my wife, I couldn't care. And I was, as I said, I was upset about it, mm-hmm. which was weird to me. Uh, no money involved. And I said, oh, I, I guess I, well, your dad was texting me, as in my wife's dad was texting me about the Lions losing. And we were both down about it. And I said, yeah, well, as you know, we will be at this place. And uh, so I won't even be, probably won't even be watching it. And I said that to my wife. She goes, well, I mean, you know, there's, and I go, yeah, I guess, I guess we probably will now. But I would bet, I honestly, I would bet on the Chiefs. So my, right, so, I, so I, so I, so I don't view it through. Yeah. I can't, I don't, I, don't, I can't, it's over. The Kroenke thing, like you can dunk on Kroenke when they lose to the Lions, but I mean, he built a building, yeah. he tripled his franchise's value and he won a Super Bowl in that building. It's over. The win, he's won. Yeah. And Kansas City, the won, you know, I mean, yeah. it's over. The, the game is over. I, you, I mean, it, it's, there's just nothing else to say. It, it, we lost. They won. That's it. I'm on to... Now it's on to the waste management. Yeah. That's where, that's hey, where, listen, my, that's where my attention is. I don't hate the Chiefs at all. Like, that. players are like, it's I don't It's a like fan that. thing for it's, you. It's just St. Louis people, right. like, who couldn't care any less I about I doubt it. any of my peers who had the same experience I had in the mid 1990s But then at the same time, they also, you know, they took, they chose real careers. <laughs> and so they weren't covering what I was covering from 2012 to January 2016. And, you know, all the little things that were going on so yeah I, i'm kind of in my own world i mean i was in the university of missouri with the weird kansas city people hating on st louis and i'm going what in the fuck is this and then covered that whole thing yeah and i just am like and then i also have seen like kansas city go from like like st louis was topping kansas city like power power topping too mm-hmm. and and now it's just like oh god you know yeah like so one of my favorite traditions i've told you in the morning and this isn't a shot at STL today. It's a commentary on the state of St. Louis. 
the St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports page and the stories. I mean, it's just like, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Right. And so I screenshot it and send it over to Gabe, or he sends it over to me, and like, because we're the only ones. Well, I guess I can text you. I do text you early mm-hmm. in the morning, but we're essentially the only people who I will text early in the morning, you and Gabe. And, you know, he finds it amusing. And then he saw the story. This was Friday, so you were in Scottsdale. Whatever big doings were up on the Post-Dispatch sports page site on that Friday. And one of the stories was Chiefs, you know, killing ratings numbers in St. Louis. And he goes, love to see the St. Louis fans getting on board with the Chiefs. And I know he's just got to be like, I mean, like I said, like if if Bill DeWitt voted to have the, the Royals move to Nashville. Yeah. And then Royals fans all started cheering for the car. And, that, and, and, and oh yeah, it's, and what, I know. Like, that, what are the chances of that happening? It just, I, I know, like I'm operating a position of knowledge, that would not happen. Totally. It just would not happen. But that's the difference between the dy- dynamic between the two cities. And I also know most St. Louisans aren't aware of what that's, that was going on. Totally. And, and so I, it's just like, I don't, it's a whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly in awe of it. I mean, it, like, like in particular, the, our two-year-old, and we'll go to his little soccer thing, and obviously what a clinic in athletics that is when the two-year-olds are out there playing soccer. But whatever, he runs around and dribbles the ball, God bless. And the number of Chiefs things I see, it's on the weekend, and the Chiefs usually play, and I'm just like, holy shit, yeah. this is unbelievable. And I get that, and I also, like, I understand, like, there's been Chiefs fans who've lived here forever who were Chiefs fans when the Rams were here. And I get I all respect in the world. Actually, I have more respect because there's some down, rough years with the Chiefs. And obviously from 85 to 95, Cardinals and Rams leaving. If you were born in that time frame and you wanted to cheer for a team that was somewhat local, you cheer for the Chiefs. I get that. No problem there. But, like, it's just, like, especially people my age who couldn't give a shit about the Rams when they were here, when they had a team that said St. Louis across the chest. But now that they're gone, Chiefs owner had a little bit of a, you know, if nothing else, a ceremonious hand in it. And now are like KC baby, red and yellow hearts. Mm-hmm. It's like get out I, of my I, th- face. I, th- I think at the core, the real core for me, is uh, truly. I, th- I mean, if I were to like psychoanalyze it, and I really just want to go home and eat my shredded chicken with Andrew's barbecue sauce, dead serious. But uh, if I were to like really, really uh, dig in on it, I think it is like I see what's going on here. Here, as in, I'm not talking about Hubbard, I'm talking about St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it just makes me sad. Right. Yeah. And I tie yeah. the Rams thing to it. Totally part of it. And I'm like, God, as opposed to like, okay, what can we do? It's like, oh, well, this, well they're in Missouri. And it's like, I mean, Indianapolis and Nashville and Chicago are damn near as close, but okay. I mean, and this is my mom, by the way. This isn't me. There's like some guy who like tweets at me that right. I go, okay, hillbilly. You know, it's, it's, and I'm just like, God, it just, Oh, and and by the way, the St. St. Louis, with the exception of Chicago, is the biggest market of the the cities I listed, but doesn't have a team. Yeah, and you go, why is that? And you know, and and it's tilting, and so that I that that I think is really at at, at the core because it just makes me sad. It's my hometown, and yeah. I've I've could have gone other places multiple times throughout my career, and you know, it just makes me it just makes me as opposed to like okay, well. I don't know. I that I th- I think. I mean, I've never really stopped to think about it, because again, it's not like I'm like, oh, had Clark Hunt voted otherwise, the Rams would still be here. That was happening whether he voted where he voted. Um, yeah, I, th- I think actually, like, it, like the the lack of authenticity and the partnership between the Blues and the Chiefs, you know, 
I mean, how much chief stuff have the blue, or any, how much blue stuff have the chiefs done? Like outside of like the picture that always gets reposted of <laughs> Travis Kelsey, first of all, looking like 40 pounds slimmer, wearing the the blues jersey and the homes in the booth. I'm talking about at Arrowhead. None, not, not, none that I've seen. Is it the blues See what I'm so again, but, and I'm not, I'm not, I want to, you're a bottom, that's great. Right. This is, but I'm just saying in the relationship. Oh, yeah. And also, a big fact, like the NFL is garners so much more, and so attaching yourself to so that. So this whole thing, well, I'm out on the NFL, ever, so, okay, that's great, and then present the ratings, and there's people, and it's just like, <sighs> that's that, that, that at the core is what bothers me. Yeah. So when, like, the 99 Rams are up on the NFL network, I can't watch it the same way that I did. Yeah, oh, I get I, it. You know, it's just, it's, it's really that, that, Eats at me, yeah. and you, and also, I, hey, again, I, I, it just doesn't impact my what somebody else does does not impact my life. And it's just, it, I think it holds up that here is this city that I know had a real thing with our city. By the way, I know you don't know because it was a one sided thing. So I get it. Like St. Louisans, when I say it, they're like, I, well, I wasn't aware of that. I'm like, I know you weren't aware of it. That's what made the whole thing so fucked up. It was coming from Kansas City here. And I'd say to my Kansas City friends, I go, nobody in St. Louis thinks this. And they go, oh, you're just saying that. Because I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. Well, you guys are just, you're obsessed with Chicago. And I go, what? No, we're not. What? I don't even know. That was the whole narrative. You guys just want to be East Coast. I'm like, what? Nobody even fucking ever says any of this. This is the stuff that I yeah. would hear. And it was really weird. And then cheering against the Cardinals. And just be like, what the fuck is this? What is your deal? Right. Why? It would, a lot of it was sports talk radio in Kansas City. That's where it came from. It was like a, it was like a, you know, it was essentially the crutch of, you know, would the NBA work in St. Louis that or Mount Rushmore? It was kind of like, well, hate on St. Louis today. We don't have anything Cheap else. Pop. Yes, exactly. And I remember going, why? What is the deal? Like what? And it's not like we're, you know, yeah, Manhattan, or, bustling you metropolis. know, <laughs> some Santa Monica. I mean, what the fuck? So. That, but it's that, but then it's like, I see how we're dropping and these other cities that we kind of like, you know, and just, I'm going, God, oh, it just, it, it bothers me. That, that's the part, that's what bothers me. I mean, yeah. the Chiefs doing, I couldn't fucking care any less. I might bet on them this weekend. Right. And, and fans, you know, getting joy out of the Chiefs' success. I get sure. it. It's an exciting product. God bless. Whatever. Doesn't affect me. What bothers me is watching and knowing, I mean, when I started doing radio, we had the Rams, we had the Cardinals, we had the Blues. It was a different level of sports and talk of getting the NBA. And then you're just like, and that's why I just, you know. Yeah, no, totally, man. Like, I, it's totally self-reflective on me. It's not anyone else but me. And also, like, I think back to a sliding doors of that 2016, the vote, the night, essentially the day before the vote, where, and I remember you saying this, and I totally agree with it in the moment. You said if the Rams end up staying, they stay in St. Louis, a new stadium's going to get built. That opening game of the 20, I guess, 16 season would be the best football atmosphere you could ever see. It would be raucous, totally sold out. People would go nuts because they knew the team was That's staying right. and that they were choosing St. Louis, and it would be awesome. And instead of that, the Rams move, and now 50% or some crazy like that of St. Louis sports merchandise is devoted to the Chiefs, and it just makes me sick. Honestly. You summed it up quite well. Yeah. And, and, and so I can't, I can't do this thing where – Oh, you're anti-St. Louis, or hey, we get, hey, you guys are being down about St. Louis. I, it is, it, it, I'm, this is what I think. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not a cheerleader. Would you would you would you get on me if I were going, boy, I love this Cardinal offseason. Holy shit, Lance Lynn could be in the mix for the Cy Young. You go, you're fucking lying to me. Right. But see, that one, that one would that that's acceptable right. to shit on somebody if they're cheerleading. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a much bigger issue is the the state of the, the yeah. metropolitan area. And you have people who are in, I guess, in some capacity, I suppose. I don't know. I don't really listen to anything else, honestly, so I don't know. But I kind of get a sense of what goes on because I know what plays, and that is jerking people off that everything's great, and it's not. So you don't like it? Fine. Don't listen to me. I don't really fucking care at this point, honestly, and it's so liberating. You can fucking hate me all you want. It doesn't matter. But at least you know I'm telling you what I think, and I'd like to think I have some credibility on it. And so if if you if you're of the opinion that, you know, it's too, and, but that's the thing. Nobody really feels that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what bothers me. They know that it's going. I, I know it. Everybody's I made a gesture of trending upward for those who are listening to the podcast. And it's not. And that bothers me. The thing is, I truly, really do believe that at some point it is going. I just don't know how that it's going. So I'd buy stock in St. Louis. I just hate to see it now because I think some of it, some of it, not all of it. I mean, Cronkite was going. Um, But when you go back to the Cardinals and you go back to the expansion, that wasn't Stan Kroenke. That wasn't Stan Kroenke. And that goes back to leadership void, which we have now, but we had in the 80s and we had in the 90s. And we had in the aughts, and we had in the team, and that, that goes, you can point fingers at Stan Kroenke and talk about MLS and Battlehawks and all that stuff and, you know, say it's great, be my guest. Yes, yes. But, you know, I just, I, I think, I think, I can't imagine somebody really deep down, like, yeah, we're in a better spot than we were. And if you do, then great. I mean, I don't, but that, that's the, that's the part. Alan Dadeville, I see, wrote, and he kind of summed it up for me. I view the St. Louis Chiefs thing through the lens of being a sad state of affairs for our town. I shake my head and ask my wife, born and raised in St. Louis, what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah, I mean, that's taking it. I mean, I, and two of each, I think Al's got some kind of ties to Georgia, right? He's a Georgia guy. I thought he was an Atlanta guy, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, as a lifelong St. Louis, and all I wanted to do was work in St. Louis. I didn't care about working in New York or L.A. or networks or anything like that, not to say that I, you know, would have done that or whatever, but... And he's like, God, I remember what it was like, and the Rams were the lead. Said this, I think you were out on, because it came up, and I turned to Doug to make sure he knew it was his question, and said, remember when we were doing sports, what the, the Rams were number one. It wasn't the Cardinals. All the bullshit about a baseball town, that's, that's convenient. It's not true. The Rams were the lead. And by the way, it was without question the Rams were the lead. And it's not like the Cardinals were bad, so you can't revise history. The Cardinals were a great team. They won the Central and went to the NLCS in 2000. The Rams were the lead. The Cardinals went to the NLDS, won 90-plus games in 2001. The Rams were without question the lead. Same in 2002. Cardinals had an incredible season. Rams were the lead. It's it's just, it it's becomes revisionist history to conveniently justify that, which I totally understand. The NFL going, okay, we got one guy who can privately finance a building in L.A., and he's got an out clause. That's who's going. Totally. But that is not a reflection of the passion for football in St. Louis. I don't. And I just I feel like we just we fucked ourselves in so many different ways. I mean, that clause is what played a role in it. But you build a building and you don't have a tenant, you're, you're in a spot of just saying, okay, fill me up with your love. <laughs> Because I got no leverage in this negotiation. Yeah. And it's brutal. And that's that's the part that bothers me. That's the part that bothers me. 
So the Chiefs doing well, whatever. But I'm like, man, we had a team here, and they were the purest form of cocaine on turf. They, the Patriots certainly had the, the staying power, but nobody will ever be able to look me in the eye, and probably including members of the Patriots, and say that they were more exciting than 1999, 2000, 2001, and 2003 St. Louis Rams. We had the period, including the fucking Cowboys of the 90s. Right. As far as excitement goes, I mean, that was at another level. And if anyway, we might be a victim of that. I, I remember thinking that. I'm like, we're getting spoiled here. Because I would go to Atlanta for when the Cardinals played the Braves in the playoffs. And if it weren't the NLCS, they weren't filling that ballpark. Because they were like, we're going to be in the NLCS. So the NLDS is just kind of like an exhibition game. Right. And so I think we got spoiled because we got the purest form of cocaine out of nowhere. We go from no football team to shitty football for four years, 95, 96, 97, 98, to just, holy shit. And now we're just like, that's the greatest, you know? And then then when the team's 8-8, it's like, well, they fucking suck. I'm like, they're an 8-8 team. They're in the playoffs. That's not the worst thing in the world. And you don't know what you got until it's gone. And I'm like, we had this, man, and we may have had an opportunity to do more here within the last few years. And instead, we're talking about slaying the dragon and the money sits in a fucking account. It's just, that's that, yeah, I just psychoanalyzed my my reason for the, because it's like, Chiefs fans, I get whatever. I mean, you know, I, I know what went on in the 1990s down there in Columbia, but who, I mean, the whole scheme of things gives a fuck. It's been 30 years. It's about us. That's what bothers me. Totally. Anyway, I'm going to go have some shredded chicken. Uh, fill me up with your love. Might be my email name tomorrow. That's from Engine Joe. Nice. Uh, Alan Dadeville says, grew up in Atlanta, but my family's from here originally. Nick Grobe says, Stallions forever. That was the uh, expansion yep. team, Jackson. The yep. purple and gold. Purple and gold. Of the Stallions. Glad we missed out on those uniforms. Would have wished they would have played, because then who knows. God. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's the football Cardinals. And what that moment I need to dig into that more, I think. I don't know. We did something like that on Balloon Party where we talked a lot. Oh, about yeah. I mean, that was that was the best show I've done, honestly. Maybe the best show I've done in my career. Yeah, where we played the Where audio. we just played all yeah. the audio. Because I'm just like, I'm just going to do this so it'll always be there. And so people who want to, you know, jerk themselves off into a frenzy that Stan Kroenke's the reason St. Louis is in the spot it's in. Here's the county executive from the 1980s. Here's the mayor from the 1980s. Here are their own words. You decide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I shall step aside. You know, so anyway. All right, I'm going to go eat shredded chicken. Always enjoy the conversation. How long did we go today? I don't even know. Oh, Hour and 18. Ooh, really close. Hour 16. Nice. Look at that. All right, Jackson. Uh, probably no QFTA tomorrow, um, so that'll end the streak. But we knew it was coming, and yeah. we knew this week was going to be the one. But we'll do another one on Wednesday. Thank you to our sponsors, James Carlton, who's trying to get Chase Daniel. Uh, to ask Clark Hunt about his vote. Uh, I hope he does. I doubt he will, but that would be wonderful. Um, yeah, you know what? Maybe, you know what? I don't know if I, can, I, don't know if I have the juice on social media because I'm basically off social media, but to ask people to fill Chase Daniels' uh, timeline up. with that question, yeah. that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know if it'll do anything. He's still not going to ask it. I don't think he's going to be But at it. least it would be there. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't ignore it. Yeah. You know what will happen if I post that on Twitter and I post that on Facebook? Oh, you just have a hard-on for the Chiefs. No. Yeah. It's just not. It's not. I might take take them in the two points this weekend, yeah. honestly. Could, I don't fucking care. Love Gabe Diar. Gabe Diar, one of my famous human, favorite human beings in the world, yeah. and happy for him and his Chiefs. Yeah. My sister-in-law is from Kansas City. That's just, a lovely town. Um, it could knock us right out of the uh, Bear Sports Media rankings. You think though. we'll be number one tomorrow? Number one for TMA and number one for Balloon Party. Yeah, but then as soon as Chase Daniel gets 
Father that up, we'll get kicked right out of that list. That's right. So it if nothing, it'll be a built-in excuse. The 100K uh, bonus check. Yeah, at least. Uh, that's right, at least. Uh, James Carlton sponsor, Mark Hanna sponsor, Seth Goldcamp design air heating and cooling sponsor, and uh, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganess, Ryan Seiberg, Munganess St. Louis Acura, Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota sponsor, and uh, Longo Big studio sponsor for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been QFTA on the Tim McKernan Show.